Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your girl, Mitzi, and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it today. We are getting serious and speaking about emotional abuse. Let's be honest. Everybody, or if you haven't yet, it's bound to happen in your life to feel the burn and the stings of emotional abuse. So luckily for me, I have a special guest on my show. She knows all about this topic, sadly, but good thing. You know, it's a double-edged sword at this point. <laughs> but Erica, thank you for joining. Why don't you go ahead and um, introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Erica Michelle Richburg. I'm the author of two books, Abandoned Guilt and Absorb Gladness and Married to the Dream. And I unfortunately have experienced emotional abuse firsthand. However, I don't like what I've been through and I'm able to talk about how I got through it, what happened. So I'm excited. Awesome. I love it. I love your spirit. I can feel the energy. You have such a good spirit. And it sucks because it seems like a lot of us who've been, who have good spirits have been through so much emotional abuse and all types of abuse. It's like yes. they're molding us into this perfection. You know what I'm saying? I yes. see this as we're like a clay yes. and they're just chipping away at us. But you know what? Go ahead. Chip the bad parts. Yep. Don't need them anyway. I'm right? only going to be better for it. Absolutely. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Um, so what made you want to share your story? Because let's be honest, when we're going through the emotional abuse at the moment, it's kind of hard to share yourself, you know, share with other people. So what led you to this point to share? What I've learned in my experience is I go through things because I'm strong enough to handle it. The other person that, you know, I'm taking it for can handle it. So even though it's hard and difficult, I'm able to get through it and then to share how I got through it. So that's how I can get to this point. And also counseling. Because yeah, when I first got out of it, I was so like traumatized and had so much anxiety that I really needed to process everything I experienced for those last four years. So that's how that's how I'm able to do it now, because it's just like I went through it because somebody else didn't have to. And then I can help someone going through it, too. Exactly. I love that message. And I mm -hmm. and I appreciate your honesty by just saying, you know, and counseling, you know, because sometimes <laughs> you have to be keep it real because you can't just do it on your own. Sometimes it's really no. hard to do it on your own. You know, sometimes you have to go through counseling or go through your spiritual walk or find God or, you know, connect with other people. But it takes time. You know, I truly yes. believe it does take time. And the fact that you said that it makes you stronger and you 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 took it for somebody else that pro probably couldn't be able to handle it. Handle it. You mm -hmm. know, it just shows that you know you see yourself as a warrior. You see yep. yourself as a strong individual, and I applaud you for that because Thank sometimes you. we can't we we can't see ourselves in that aspect. You know, we go in this suffering and this woe me and this woe it's me and why did I have to go do this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and people love pity parties, man. Yep. And pity party for one, they'd be going all out, banners, balloons, confetti, just to have their own little pity party. party. Yep. I swear. It's sad. It's so sad. But I love your answer. I think that's really great. But are your books, are they um 
do they bring out that part of you that were that went through your experiences? Absolutely. So my first book really goes into the details of what I've experienced with my ex. And we call him number two. He doesn't even deserve a name. And uh, yeah, and, you know, the number two, too, you know, so. It's, it's, <laughs> I love and, and so it really just ex- explains like you know the the ups and flows of the relationship and the emotional roller coaster and the disrespect and you know everything emotionally draining it was a draining relationship that I've experienced but the beauty of getting my daughter and how beautiful she is and the life that she's living and how he's just missing out so that is definitely detailed in my first book. My second one is just how I got through it and now me being in a better place, you know. Yeah. So, but the first one really chronicles the 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 ish. <laughs> the nitty gritty of it yes. yes the juicy the juicy part of of that and i love how individuals like yourself they write books of what they've experienced because let's be honest we don't know if someone's going through that right now as mm-hmm. we speak yeah you know and in my opinion i believe that emotional abuse is just the first step into breaking down all those other type of abuses that are are along with it like physical sexual i mean come on the list can go on i mean if you're willing to break someone's spirit because that's what you basically are doing when you're when you're inflicting emotional abuse on someone else is that you're breaking their spirit but it's it's like it's like a phoenix you know we we, you think you break me but honey i am just flying and and prospering right yes Oh my goodness, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to speak to someone like yourself who can truly have that perspective, who can truly see this. And you know, I know you said that you you wanted to share your story and you put it in a book, but you know, what really got you to that point where you're like, I need to write this down or this needs to be in some type of form to be expressing? Was it your counsel? Or was it just something inside you that that you knew that this needed to be out into the world? Well, my story basics, it starts from my infertility journey. So I felt like I was just not good enough as a woman because I couldn't do the one thing that most women can naturally do. So because I was feeling already low, all he did was just what's that exacerbate it like he just made it he magnified how low I felt and just kept adding towards it so that's how the book came about so it started from my infertility journey and then talking about how he didn't want my child when I told him I was expecting and it took me 12 years to conceive her so it was just like it wasn't happenstance it wasn't an accident I paid for it and then you gonna say this is not what you want so it was just just telling, you know, that story. So a lot of women have to go through the shame of being infertile for whatever reason. So I just wanted to bring that to light, like you're not alone. And then the being with a narcissist and being emotionally abused or any form of abuse, you're not alone. So that's why I shared it that way. I like that. Do you you think um, you were able to, when you were writing this, do you think you were able to feel better now with your infertility process and having your baby? I mean, do you feel like it made you a woman or, I mean, because I feel like, um, 
you're still a woman, even if you never had a child, you know, because. Well, for my, per for me personally, I know I was a woman, but my dream and desire was to be a mother. I never cared about anything else. So for me not to be, and I'm a very controlling person. So for me not to have that one thing and I had no control over it, that was like my issue. And then I was able to write about it and journal about it and, and process those feelings. But then once I did see my very first positive pregnancy test and then to not have somebody share in the same joy that I had, you know, so it was just like, yay for me. But then it was like, well, I don't want you or the baby. So it was just like a happy, sad moment at the same time. Yeah, because it's like you think you're on the same level and then all of a sudden it's like, no. You're no, not. and that's and that's doing life out of everything. Right, that that that's it's like that movie that J Lo made where she she had infertility issues, and then she once she finally did the process, she ended up meeting a guy and ended up having twins. Like that's your story, but yeah. with the twist, the man didn't want to stay. Like yep. <laughs> it's not the yep. fairy tale ending. Yeah, I think that's reality. Let's be honest, yep. that's reality. It happens to a lot of women. A lot of women. The infertility process is very draining on couples. So even the happy, even about the abuse piece, there are some people that once they do finally get that ending, they their relationship just crumbles. So that is a part of it. So like even though they were in the process together and it was a happy moment, all the stress associated with it, it just makes the relationship dissolve yeah, yeah to be honest because once you once you acknowledge that you don't see eye to eye then what's the point of continuing what's the point? It's, it's yep. like we're on two different paths you you go that way i'll go my way and if we connect well we connect and if we don't well even with that attitude i didn't have that attitude i was still holding on i was still trying to figure out how even with you not wanting me even with you not wanting my daughter how can we still coexist without being together so i was still trying to figure it out so i didn't just let it go i was still yeah. trying and then it was the final straw it was the day before the pandemic and the world closed it was march 16th and he was just like i don't want to be with you and i literally saw myself letting go like i just stopped trying stopped trying to figure out and that was it and i was oh, i was at peace because i got to i saw a, a documentary of a lady who was um had terminal cancer she had four children i was watching it on netflix she had four children and i just loved how much her husband loved her and how much her children loved her and i saw that and i was just like if i was to have a terminal illness i would die from the lack of support before i would die from the illness and i was just like this is no way to live wow that's deep that's really deep yep wow i feel like you need a sec can you say it again for the people in the back <laughs> But yeah, so like I felt like I would have died if I was to be diagnosed in that relationship with a terminal illness, I would have died from the lack of support before the illness. That's so true. Oh yeah. my goodness. I, I hope this wakes somebody up. Yeah. Because this is, that's a reality. It you is. You really can't see yourself in that situation where the, your partner can take care of you to real death, do you part? Yeah. Then why have that person around? Yeah. You can, you can, if, if anything, save enough money and pay for nurses. Yeah. Sometimes you'll get better nurses to the end of your day than than and your significant other and your family yeah. members, right? Yeah. But I guess it's important to. That's why they say how you treat your children 
I mean, how you treat your, your children, your relationship with your children will reflect when they're older as an adult, if they still want to have a relationship. Yeah, relationship. Yep. And the fact that that lady had her children still want to have a relationship with her just says a lot. Because And the doting husband, I mean, the way he doted on her, loved on her, which made her, she lived like five more years past what they predicted. So I was just like, it's just powerful in support versus lack of support. And I was just like, yep, no, this is not the life. I mean, the silent treatment, you know, I don't want to, I mean, literally every day this man wants to get a divorce. He would not talk to me. He would block me. If I had wanted to get in contact with him, I couldn't. We worked in the same building and he was just disrespectful with all of the other women and all the comments. And it was just, and he would always say I was insecure. He was like, you're so insecure. If I was insecure, the whole building would be blown up. So I'm not. <laughs> I was very secure. But I just wanted I wanted him to act right. And even in him not acting right, I was still compromising. And, okay, if you're still going to do these things, can I at least know beforehand? Why do I have to find out from somebody else? Or why, does, why don't I get to know at all? Like, he would just move however he wanted to do, irregardless of me. And I always made sure I honored him. So it was just... I wasn't I wasn't a priority at all. Yeah. And it sucks when it when it, the relationships like that because I've been in a relationship like that and it is truly draining like oh. it's draining. And I know people are listening and they're like why why didn't she just get a clue and figure it out sooner? It was like it's hard. Cuz you know when I mean? you're loyal, when you are loyal and you love, you're not just going to walk away. Like you're going to try to figure out what you can do until you can't do it anymore. That's my, like, that's my philosophy. You keep doing it until you can't do it anymore. And I was trying, trying, trying. And I just was like, I can't do it anymore. And that's the beauty of it, because at least you can have the peace of mind that you did everything that you could possibly do do. to Mm -hmm. save the relationship. Because you know what? Maybe, maybe it could have gotten better, but maybe it didn't on purpose. You know what yep. I'm saying? So like- Exactly. And like I felt the man wanted a divorce every day. I filed for divorce on my birthday, the year after he said he wanted a divorce on my birthday. I move out. Two weeks later, he cries. I miss you. I love you. I wasn't a good husband, blah, 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 blah. Well, of course, I believe that. He was like, oh, we can go to counseling because everything about us was opposite, like social economic situation, age, like we nothing was in common. And so I was like, okay. So I come back and nothing changed. It only got worse. It only got worse. And I was just like, so I did everything I could. And I even had to pay because you know how, like, if you file for divorce, it'll just keep going and going. It'll finally dismiss. I paid to have it dismissed so it wouldn't keep coming back. So that was a lot of money. <laughs> and yeah. for, just, for me to just have to file for divorce a year after that. Well, yeah, I know. I don't blame you. Divorce is expensive. People don't realize, like, it's easier to just stay in the relationship because of finances. Let's be yep. honest. And that's the reason why some people hate their spouse and do whatever they do on the side because they rather deal with it than to actually deal with the finances and divorce. And yeah. yeah, exactly. And like I am so curious to know. I mean, because you know, emotional abuse affects us and I know I see your spirit is so happy and so joyful and you and it seems like you are still optimistic despite what you went through. Absolutely. I mean, how do how does that affect you just seeing the world and interacting with people in general like do, do you well, do you walk with caution still nope 
And I think that's my problem too. <laughs> because I've been in this whole dating scene, I've kissed a lot of frogs. So I think because of my naivety and my desire to see the world with butterflies and rainbows, I always see the good. I really do. I see the good in every single thing. And that's how I keep getting bad things happen to me because I don't have a skewed perspective like everybody gets 100 but you know how some people you have to earn trust and you have to you know all these guards you got to bring down i give you 100 percent until you show me otherwise like yeah. that's just my personality and it's always been but at, but because i have this personality i get preyed on they see me as oh well i can take advantage of her or i can get what i want from her i don't really have to do nothing type thing yeah. so they don't see it as oh well she's a, or they say I'm too good to be true and then they don't want to be with me because they can't receive the love that I just exude yeah I hate oh. that line I oh it, it, it irks me like oh how dare you say that to me yeah yeah they're like you're too good to be true I'm like well why can't it just be that you good. finally met your person like why does it have to be like something's wrong or you waiting for me to switch up like I'm very consistent I don't switch up I, you know even if I'm upset I will if I say I'm gonna do something I follow through with what I say I'm gonna do most people when they get upset they ain't they not doing it anymore so I'm a very honorable person and they just don't believe it and so I get you know you're you're a different type of character let's be honest yeah. you're unique and it's kind and you know when you find someone that's unique and 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 who they are i mean if you if you wear your heart on your sleeve then honey wear your heart on your sleeve because you mm -hmm. know what that's 10 times better than being cold and and closed off and bitter yep. i mean let's be honest and I've, I, lost, I, I've lost a lot of friends <laughs> because right. of my yeah, because of when I was in my lowest, going through the worst of worst, they were right there, right there, right there. As I became, and you could see in my face, like last, well, three years ago to now, how I was just like sunken in and just didn't look cute or nothing. And now I'm happy and they're nowhere to be found. It's like they like me in that miserable place versus wanting to see me get better and be feel and be, you know, this bubbly person. I've always been a bubbly person, but you can tell that there's a difference between then and how I am now. Yeah. And it's, it's unfortunate because, again, that's my loyalty. If I call you that F-R-I-E-N-D word, then that's what you are. It, but it's not reciprocal. So even with girls or guys, when it comes to me, it's just more what they can benefit in for them, but it's never a reciprocal. Yeah, I, I, it's it's funny that you say that because I, it sounds like I'm talking to myself because that's <laughs> how I feel. I feel that I'm that type of person that I remember having so many friends on my my worst years. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I can remember yeah. my worst years and have, and being surrounded by people that would feed my ear with everything and just praise me for nothing and now that I'm actually doing something and now that I'm striving for more and now that I'm more reserved because I'm focused mm -hmm. no one's there you know no one's I mean? there. crickets yep I mean I need to get a sound effect thingy where I have the crickets <laughs> how, how do you how do you make a cricket sound crickets <laughs> <laughs> no. sound effects goodness that was a perfect moment Anyways, it's true. Sometimes they they're never there, and it's funny because I was um I had a guest on my show and we spoke about friendships and I guess 
when we when we we spoke about this part and it just shows that at that point you were transitioning in a different area that they just can't come they just can't go with they can't come and you know people are here for reasons and seasons and you know my journey it stops there and we, i keep on moving so i have no like it's no love loss if i see you in the store hey how you doing but you know life goes on as you i always say my presence is a privilege so everybody yeah. don't get all this Yes, exactly. Let's be honest. I I remember telling that to someone like I knew that our friendship was coming to an end, but she didn't want it to end. She wanted to hold on to it. And I was like, it's just for a season. And she's like, what do you mean? It's just for a season. How can yeah. you tell me it's just for a season? What do you mean a season? I'm like, if you think about life in the grander of things like mm-hmm. now let's get out of the box, sweetheart. Let's let's broaden our minds and really think about this, because if you think about life, you have seasons, not just seasons like the weather, like seasons in your life where you go through pain, you go through struggle, you go through selfishness, you go through um, selflessness. You know what I mean? You go through so many stages in our lives that to feel stuck means that you are not doing anything. Yep. You are not making that that change in your life and that change in your momentum and in the way you're thinking. And you are the reason why it's stuck. And it's funny because I just posted on my um, social media where you can't complain about living the same year, 75 years, and act like it, it, your, your life is going to be different. Yep. I mean, you, you can't. You can't. And um, what has been, like, your medicine you know, like what's what's your medicine for um, handling this besides like writing and my medicine for handling just being like having this Zen personality. Yeah, exactly. I am so I am social media dark. I do not let that you know what other people have to say and all that. I don't let that feed into me. So before I was obsessed. I'd be like scrolling, looking, fit. But it just, I, be, I got too consumed. So how I am able to handle things is just stay away from it. You know, if I see, yeah. like, I do watch, um, like, different shorts on YouTube. But, like, as far as Facebook, Twitter, any of that, TikTok, none of that, no. I don't blame you. I don't blame yeah. you because it, it got to a point in my life where I, I became obsessed with it. And I felt like the followers was needed and everything, like, and I... I it was just the trend that was at the time and it was so overwhelming that it put me in an in like anxiety overload where I was just like, I'm done. So yeah. a whole entire year I devoted myself and I was just like, I'm going to fast social media. I'm not going to go on it. And man, I'm telling you that year was the best. best. Year of my life. Yeah. I felt so peace. I was just enjoying my surroundings. And when I was on my phone, I would be on like YouTube videos, watching mm-hmm. documentaries, yep. Yep. like things that'll of- feed you. Yeah, Not and even scary you. things because, you know, I like to get razzle-dazzled. <laughs> but, oh, I, I I know exactly what you mean. And when now that I'm back on, like, I don't even go to anything on my personal. Like, I have it there so that when people need people to connect with me you. personally, mm-hmm. yeah, they can reach me because nobody has my phone number. You know what I mean? And I mm-hmm. like it like that. 
So <laughs> they don't even have my email address. Email address, yeah, they wouldn't even know. So social media is the only way, and I and it's like I don't go on there, and I have my notifications turned off, and it's so peaceful. And then and then I I only post and have these things scheduled on my business social media because it's like I don't even want to go on there. Like I don't care if I have one follower or ten thousand yeah. followers because I'm posting this 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 for myself for my future self and even if it's just one single person then you know what at least they can reflect and think with me Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so I know exactly what you're saying like we're like exactly I love these conversations it's like talking to a friend you know what I'm saying because it's so easy and so comfortable and it's safe and there's no pressure you know what I mean it's not about acting a certain way it's about just being real and sharing your emotions and I'm so glad that you were able to share your emotions with me and share your experience and you know be honest and before we wrap up I have one more question because it's it's in the back of my mind when you said um you always had the the passion to be a mother you know that statement is very strong because I've heard many women say that and for me, pregnancy was always implemented as something bad because it always happened at a young age. You know what I'm saying? So when I got my period at a very young age, I was eight years old. They always assumed that I was going to get pregnant like early. So I don't have sex. You don't have sex. You don't get pregnant. Exactly. So I dreaded the thought of being a mother because not only will it, it made me look bad, but it made me look look bad you know what I'm saying so I hated the thought of being a mother until I had my children and now it's like oh I love my children oh <laughs> having children is so it's so such a blessing so it's yeah. like for you it's like what made you what made you want to have that feeling at but even what age were you when you realize that well I've always I want to say like you know how when they when you're in school and they ask you what you want to be when you grow up since that age, I always wanted to be a mother. Uh, I never wanted to be a doctor, a nurse, a lawyer, none of that. A mother. That's what I wanted to be. Oh, yeah. So since, since well, elementary what, school. Was your mother <laughs> a good a mother? Huh? Was your mother a good mother that made you want to be a mother? No. I mean, my mother was... is a, My mother... Okay, so growing up, my mother was a, a very hard person. Like, oh. she wasn't open and she wasn't, like, go-to. Like, you know, it was yeah, not as was open hard. as we are now. So as an adult, it's much better. But as a child, it was more fear than yeah. friend. And so, no, it was just me wanting to, I guess, maybe have a little version of myself. But I never cared if it was a boy or girl. I just wanted to nurture and love. And, you know, it's, I don't know. But that's no, just- oh, I think I, I, from what you're saying, it makes sense now because, you know, your mother was hard. She was strict. She was on it. And you had a lot of fear. There wasn't that nurturing. There wasn't that love. So sometimes instinctively we feel like if we had a baby then we can show it all the love and 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 just give it all the cariño and the love me 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 you know yes. all that, all that and that's how, how i am with my daughter oh my god she'd be looking at me like if you give me one more kiss but i'm always kissing and hugging and saying i love you mm, like yeah i'm extra anyone my boyfriend he be like you're doing too much i'm like but i just love I'm very affectionate. Yes. I I don't blame you because I'm with that. I'm like that with my sons. And it's funny because my sons act like they don't like it around (laughs) their dad. And then when they, when he's not looking, he'd be like, give me kids. Mm -hmm. And she'll turn my head. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. I love it. I love giving affection too because it it's like a type of joy. Yep. Oh, it's good. It, this is, has been such a great time speaking with you, Erica. So I guess to wrap up the show, what would be some good lasting words that you could possibly leave my audience with? Somebody who may be going through some type of emotional abuse and maybe listening and trying to figure out what can I really learn from this? What could be that last lesson that you can possibly leave off with? The lesson I would give the person going through it, like in it, and they feel like they're stuck, find their happy place. Like even in the midst of the turmoil, whatever that is, whether it's a bath with bubbles, whether it's music, whether it's Dave and Buster's, like whatever can get you away in your mind or even physically until you can get away permanently. So finding that happy pace and just know that it this is just a part of your story. And if you really want to get away, you can. It just might take a little bit of time. But once you once you're done. You ain't no turning back. <laughs> there you go, ladies and gentlemen. You guys heard it first from Erica, this lovely, lovely woman with a beautiful soul. She is so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your perspective and just shining your light on my show. This has been such an honor and so great. And if anybody is just trying to figure out this emotional abuse, just the main thing also, it's a season. Yep. It's a season in your life. Mm-hmm. Just keep telling yourself this to keep going because I had to do it. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure Erica had to do it. Yep. And at the end of the day, when it's time to let go, truly, truly let go. Because like like Erica said, it's it's a rainbow on the other side. It's this type of joy. Like, how dare I re- re- reprive yep. myself from this feeling for so long? Like, I'm telling you, you're going to truly love who you are after everything that you've gone through. Absolutely. So, take care, be safe, and always, 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 always keep thinking, y'all. Bye.